0: Hey everyone, it's Becca here, leader
1: of the Scrunchy Squad, and you're listening to the Wrestling with Entertainment podcast.
2: What's going on, everybody? This is SoCal's resident redneck, the backwoods brawler, Hunter Freeman, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment.
1: Hey, this is
0: the girl on fire, Jessie Nolan, and you're listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Hey, this is the Girl on Fire, Jesse Nolan, and you're listening to Wrestling with Entertainment.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling with Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Saturday. And Wednesday on YouTube and CastBox. I am your host, James J. Alongside Calico Yachts.
2: What it do, my people? I got my cups ready. Because we know it's, what time it is. We know what time it is.
1: Scooter Dust.
0: Remember, there's nothing in life that can't be improved with pizza. And for all those of you complaining about the gathering in Bama last night to celebrate the Tide winning the championship, that was just a family reunion.
1: And it's a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with the king of tea. The Tea Time Champion himself, Dio Ivory.
3: Hello, hello, and good morning. And in case you're living under a rock, yes, it is morning in the UK. Good morning, and you're welcome.
1: How are you today, Dio? And what's coming up for you next? Uh,
3: Sadly, right now, I'm a little under the weather. It's allergy season for me. Um, I'm really not doing too much right now. I'm still waiting for a lot of things to calm down with the pandemic. Um, right now I'm in a household with two children under two. So, you know, can't really take any chances with that. So just using this time to rebuild, get in shape, improve on cardio and just, Work on some some uh, behind the scenes stuff, if you will.
1: That's awesome. And how? Uh, where can we find you on social media?
3: On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at the underscore Theo Ivory. The is T H E E underscore Theo Ivory.
1: Just uh, Jeff Jarrett. Your name, there.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: You just Jeff Jarrett, your name—you spelled it out.
3: Oh, screw him!
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, before, uh, let's just get this right out of the way. Now, for those of you who don't know, there is an extra surname with Mister Ivory, and I've been dying—I've <laughs> been dying to ask this ever since this interview was scheduled. Ha- and you may have noticed that my opening quote was, in fact, a quote from the character with this surname. Now, I
3: thought I recognized that. I was like, that sounds a little familiar.
0: How are you a fan of the MTV show Daria?
3: I am a huge fan. Of- yes! Huge fan. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I like yeah when the show came on I was like seven or eight um of course I didn't really understand anything I was watching uh, but about like six years ago they released the entire series on DVD and I was like yes
0: mm-hmm. see I well, I that was my show growing up as a teen because I was a teenager and I'm dating myself here god I'm old <laughs> but Oh, I just have to. All right, quickly off the top of your head, besides Daria, of course, who was your favorite character?
3: Ah, uh, I would probably have to say Mr. DiMartino.
1: Ah!
3: <laughs> I love it! I love
0: it! <laughs> All right, back to wrestling. James don't know <laughs>
2: what the hell's going on. He's like Daria. What? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
3: I, I I also didn't answer your question. Um, so my surname Morkendorfer. It's uh, I'm I'm really big on homages, so. You know, you'll see it with, like, a lot of my wrestling moves, some of my mannerisms. Um, So, Morgendorfer is, of course, not my official wrestling name. It's kind of like a little funny thing, like a little inside joke. Um, But my cat's last name, actually, my cat's actual name is Quinn Morgendorfer.
1: (laughs) So, you're, like, a a total (laughs) fan of this this stuff.
3: That's great. Yeah, that is um, when great. I, I found <laughs> him in, in June, and he was like nine weeks, and I thought he was a girl. So I was like going through names, going through names, and um, I have a female cat. She's two. Her name is uh, Bree, after Bree Bella. So her name is Bree Bella Ivory.
1: I was just gonna say, if she was named Bree, why might name what not name the other one Nicole? <laughs>
3: That's a little too on the nose for me. So I, know. I was like going through names, going through names, and I was like, oh, i name her Quinn. And I went to the vet, and they said, Quinn's perfectly healthy. Oh, and Quinn's a boy. I was like, oh. <laughs> so that's the name's, what that is the, down there. The, name,
0: gender, <laughs> the name's gender neutral enough that he could stay.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So I just kept
0: it. That's awesome. I love that. I love that.
1: Now, back to wrestling. You work uh, for We Want Wrestling and uh, CZW. Uh, Can you maybe tell us about your relationship with the companies?
3: Absolutely. Um, So in July of 2019, um, I went to CZW. I went to a Dojo Wars show. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um so right away they had me start ring announcing on Dojo Wars. I was terrified. (laughs) But I went out there and did it and I was surprisingly good. So then I had to do ring announcing and commentary simultaneously on Dojo Wars. So you know, get in there, ring announcing them and then the minute I announce them I basically put the mic down, run over to the commentary table, and do commentary for the Dojo Wars show every week. Uh, So I started that uh, about two months later in September, um, I got an opportunity to uh, get promoted to the main show, um, which is, you know, the actual CZW Um, as a part of Casey Navarro's entourage. Mm. So that's how I got to CZW. And then fast forward to the pandemic, um, we weren't able to, you know, run shows with fans. So we were like, okay, well, in the meantime, let's come up with something fun, something like Dojo Wars. So that's exactly what We Want Wrestling is. It's just another form of Dojo Wars just... With a different name,
1: and you've said you uh, you've done commentary and ring announcing. What and uh,
3: refereeing?
1: Uh, yeah, and refereeing. And what, what have you like learned from those experience that really helped you inside the ring? That maybe was like an oh, this clicks so or an aha moment during that time.
3: You know, that is an amazing question, and I wish more podcasters would ask that question. Um, Well, thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So from the commentary aspect, um, I did a show, and um, I went on my first road trip, and I did a show, and there was a match where so many things just weren't going right. But because the two people in the ring were my friends outside of the ring, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to let them look bad. So on commentary, like, I I found a way to spin it, like, oh, this is strategy. And then the way the match ended, it made everything that I said make sense. So just myself as a wrestler, um, I tell everyone, you really need to thank your commentary team because the commentary team, they are, I guess you could say the missing link between you and the fans. Like you tell the story with the moves and whatever you do in the ring, but the commentary team, they're like the actual translators to the viewers. So it's a vital role. Um, And you also need to communicate with your commentary team. Like if you wanna pull out a new move You know, go to them and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this move on the show. Um, I, you know, I want you to tell everyone what it's called. I'm trying to get this move over. Um, So I learned that. And I also learned to kind of let things settle, let things register, because you want the commentary team to be able to tell the story without having to rush to the next thing because you're rushing. So taking my time, I guess you could say. I I
0: love that you bring that up because uh, in 2015, uh, before I joined James and uh, Coleco here on Wrestling with Entertainment, I launched uh, the first ever live streaming alternate commentary podcast called The Remix uh, for Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view events. Basically, anybody that didn't want to listen to the scripted stuff that the, uh, the the WWE put out, they wanted to hear essentially what was the you know, director's commentary on a DVD version, and been doing that since uh, 2015. James has since joined me as my co-host and Kaliko as well, and I I absolutely love that because if any person if, if if any role in wrestling is severely underestimated it's the commentary team followed by the referees the the other people that are not the you know in-ring talent that have to sell the story without being without having to perform those high flying moves they have to tell they have to sell the story without being seen essentially and i just i i absolutely love that that's humble You don't forget where you come from and you remember every step you've taken to get where you are. And that's absolutely admirable.
3: Thank you. And, um, you know, just to piggyback on that, what a lot of people forget is like for, uh, let's take Dojo Wars and We Want Wrestling, for instance. Like CCW, their stuff is on pay per view, but Dojo Wars, We Want Wrestling, that's available on YouTube. So right. if you have someone who's watching your match for the first time, like for instance, um, my family watches my matches. So, uh, like I have storyline going with We Want Wrestling, and there there was like I want to say like a third match in a series I had with uh, with Juan Santiago, and my sister was like, "Why is he kicking your ass?" And unfortunately, we didn't have commentary for that show. But the com- if we did have commentary, the commentary basically tells a story to the viewer. You know, uh, these two have been going at it for months. You know, the intensity is it, it, palpable. So they, again, fill in the missing blanks of the story because The fans, you know, there are people that come to Dojo Wars every single week. There are people that follow it every week on YouTube. But just like with your show, you guys are always trying to grow a new audience. So you have to remember there's people that are going to be watching this for the very first time. And they may not understand what's happening in the ring. And that's why your commentary team is so vital, because they are that missing piece
1: absolutely i I really like enjoyed both of those answers uh kalika, you have a question?
2: Yeah, it's more or less not within wrestling, but the one thing I notice is that you always highlight uh a peer of your of uh your peers pretty much you give a spotlight every week for African American wrestlers, and I must say I appreciate that because. The one thing that, that as far as like minorities on the independent scene, it's, it's very tough out there, you know, and it's good to see you actually uplifting and using your platform to, to uplift. Um, what inspired you to, to uplift these other people? And practically, in my sense, I feel like you're kind of creating a, a network of your own by connecting all of these people.
3: Uh, Well, first, I really appreciate that because you took it back. I did that like almost a year ago. So, hey, you did your homework. (laughs) I like that. Um, But I have to say it goes back to how I was raised. Um, I come from a really big family where we were raised, you know, no matter what, you always look out for each other. So my aunt... uh, she was an evangelist and one day she was preaching she said we're not on this earth to make a living we're here to make a difference so i always looked at you know wrestling over the years and i'm like what aren't people doing i'm like there's not enough people putting people over and it's like it's hard enough to do what we do and i am probably the least competitive person in the world I feel like what's meant for me is what's going to come to me if I work hard, if I have a great attitude. Um, and I, you know, when I retire, when I hang up my boots, I want to be respected. I want to be that guy. I want people to say, you know, Theo, always put people over Theo always, you know, say great things about people. You know, that's how I want to be remembered when I hang up my wrestling boots and, um, If we don't put each other over, if you're not the example, then how will people know what to follow? You know, you have to leave wrestling better than the way you found it.
1: So, Mil Mascuas is like your worst enemy.
3: I'm sorry, can you say that again?
1: So, Mil Mascuas is like your worst enemy. (laughs) No, Yab. No, Yab.
3: I know,
2: Yab. I know,
3: Yab. (laughs)
1: I'm just going to stay quiet on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about the Tea Time Championship and how that came to be. (sighs)
3: Um, I started Tea Time, I want to say September 2019. Um, And around that time, they had just introduced the uh, 24 7 title. Right. So I was like setting up one day, and one of the guys was like, you know, it'd be really cool if you had, like, a 24-7 title for tea time.
1: And I was like, that'd be kind of cool.
3: But I was still very green at the time in terms of wrestling. Like, I was still learning the crafts, still learning the basics. So I was like, you know, I'm going to shelve that, and I'm going to revisit it. So fast forward to, uh, I think when we started We went Wrestling in uh, July of 2020, and uh, Kurt Bale and Joe Gacy, who just got signed by NXT, they were uh, in charge of everything. So I went to Joe and I said, hey, Joe, can I have a tea time title? And he said, sure. Um, Nate Carter of The Rep, um, who I love, he's one of the main people I go to for advice and he said Theo you are someone who can make this work he said you gotta make that title matter he's like think about you know Ted DiBiase and the million dollar championship like you gotta make that title matter and um, I always think about how can I be different so to this day and I could be wrong correct me if I'm wrong but I don't know anyone on the independent scene who kind of made their own belt. I could yeah. be wrong, but I, well, I don't recall anyone, especially a black person.
0: Right. Now for anyone who may be unfamiliar with said championship, are there any special stipulations or rules for the T-Time championship? does it have to be defended a certain way. It doesn't have to be necessarily... It won by pinfall or submission, or maybe could somebody win? I don't know by a uh, rock, paper, scissors. And do they have to have their pinky
3: up? <laughs> the pinky up. You know that should be a, that should be like um like if you beat me by pinfall, if your pinky's not up, it doesn't count, and the title doesn't change hands. That would be. I concur. Rule. I love yes.
2: That. Yes. that. I that concur. Awesome.
0: We all... the,
2: the, Unanimous the, decision.
0: The gentleman's conduct. Rule, I I only ask because yes, it is the pandemic, and we need we, we all need more ways yeah to entertain ourselves and to entertain others, and this seems like the absolute perfect thing to do. This perfect uh, yeah but platform where you can have a wrestling title and just do you know whatever you want with it in however. You want with it, and then when wrestling really picks back up, you can you could just take it right back into the wrestling ring.
3: Yeah. Um, so all really good points um, so far. Um, I got the belt. I want to say in August. Um, so far, I've defended it three times, um, and it was defended in like under standard rules, just like any other championship. Um, But my plan is to over time, um, like as I evolve my character, um, because I am going to become more of like a royal slash regal character, so I'm evolving into that, and I'm going to transition that to the belt as well. Do you guys remember Jericho and uh, William Regal had the Duchess at Queensbury match?
0: Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. So eventually, it's going to, the Tea Time title was going to have that stipulation tied to it. Like, oh, you beat me by pinfall. Wait, wait, wait. Per the Queen of England, you've got to beat me by submission. So referee, reverse that decision. Give me back my belt. (laughs)
0: Almost like uh, NXT UK Heritage Cup rules and yeah, certain time limits, and point systems. The the sky is the, the literal limit here. When when the things that yeah, you, know, you know, I this is your creation, and already there's a million things in my mind that are going off about this and. That's this is so awesome! Yeah, it's like it's that, the
3: possibilities are em- are endless. There's so many things I can do with it. There's so many different little, you know, um little little things you can do with it to make it stand out. And because I'm the bad guy, it it'll get me disliked even more. So I'm just really excited to have support from the higher ups who are always like giving me new ideas, um, like Jimmy Rave, Gabby Gilbert. um, Again, Nate Carter, always giving me new ideas of what I could do with the boat. So to have their support really means a lot, Um, especially with I've only been wrestling now for a year. So for them to allow me to do this is, is like my blowing.
1: Right. And, you know, in that year, possibly maybe the worst year in the history of the world. You know, the pandemic and whatnot. Could you maybe tell us about what it's like to wrestle in the pandemic? And wrestling in a a close set with no uh, fans? How does that affect your mindset?
3: Uh, So... I want to say the last CZW show we had with fans in attendance was in February. I think that was the 21st anniversary when uh, KC beat AR Fox for the title. Um, The CZW fans are, I I can't even find They are so, yes, that's the word. They are so passionate. And we were so hated. And it was so amazing to to know that, hey, we as a group, as a collective, are doing our jobs right. Because they hate us, man. But the in March, I think it was March. I don't know if it was March or April, we did the uh, Saturday night special on Fight TV. Uh-huh. Um, that was the first closed set with no fans. And for me, it was not very challenging because more than anything, I'm a character. So I was able to fall back into that role. Um, like I accompanied, uh, I think I, co- I accompanied two people in their matches. Aaron had a match with uh, Mr. Grimm and I think uh, Boom was in a fatal four way match and I accompanied him as well. So I was, I just focused on my character. So I was perfectly okay. Um, but when it came to we want wrestling and wrestling, not wrestling in front of fans, I still felt okay because I was wrestling in front of my peers. And your peers are harder on you than the fans. Right. So I know if I get a pop from my peers, like, oh, that move looked good. So it... it For me, I didn't really struggle too much, if I have to be honest.
1: Well, that's great to hear. And I think
3: it's because I wear so many hats. I was just able to to switch the hat, and I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it.
1: You were able to adapt.
3: Yes, that's the word I was looking for and could not find.
1: (laughs) Kalika, you have a question?
3: (sighs)
2: Um, obviously, the pandemic didn't didn't deter from you because you made the QWI. Um, just explain how much of an importance it is for you to to make that list, especially considering that you've only been wrestling, like you said, for a year, and the that just shows the amount of impact that you've made, and the, that that is finally being recognized.
3: Wow. Um, Wow was really all that I could say. Um because at first I didn't think I made the list. Um so I was disappointed and then I was like, you know what? That's okay. I'm still super new. Um, you know, I'm just gonna work harder next year and hopefully I make the list. And then they put out the final list and I'm like <laughs> I'm on it. Um and then the people that compiled the list like they, the things they said, I was like, oh my God, like you guys really did your research on me, or you know, you, you've been following me. Um, so that means the world to me because I'm my own biggest critic. I think everyone can probably say that about theirs, about themselves. So to know that I'm being, you know, recognized by my peers, um, especially for the QWI, because I, I'm an openly gay black man, but I never talk about my sexuality. My sexuality is not a part of my character. It's not a part of my act. My act is like just British wrestler. So for people to still acknowledge me, that meant a lot. And I also made another list. I made the BW500.
1: With nice. the
3: top five hundred black wrestlers <laughs> in the world, and I was number two hundred and five.
2: That's awesome. I mean, and that just five
1: hundred
3: people. I I almost <laughs>
1: cried that day. For only one that, year in wrestling, that's a pretty big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, really big deal, and and the follow up. Because you also have your YouTube show, Tea Time with Theo, which is on YouTube. Y'all should go check it out. Which is in season two, so that means y'all got to binge watch and catch up.
3: But no, season two was done. I'm so, prepared for season three. Oh
2: heck yeah. So one thing I I noticed with it is like you're. It just shows off also the acting chops that you have. And sometimes i be feeling like i be underdressed, you know, when I come to tea time. So I want (laughs) to know, what is the proper attire to come to the Theo tea
3: time table? So it's really funny that you say that because tea time is not, and this is a complete contrast to me, my character and everything. Tea time with Theo is not meant to be taken seriously it's a running gag so that's why like you notice each episode is probably like three four minutes and it usually ends. like first season it always ended with my guest walking off yes. Um <laughs> so that was the running gag for season one for season two the running gag was me basically like being sassy with everyone like shit talking people um you know, people wore whatever they felt comfortable in. If it was their gear from their match or, you know, what they walked into the building with, <clears throat> um, that's what it was. And for some people, especially in season two, um, I would use that in, you know, in the skit, like, what are you wearing? Is that a T-shirt? Like, what? So there's no formal attire. It, it, again, it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to be light and funny. And I keep it at three to four minutes so it doesn't overstay its welcome. We get in, make you laugh, and we're done. Yeah.
1: It's in, awesome.
3: The in, funniest it, one,
2: though, is when you jumped in the pool. Sorry to interrupt, but the funniest yeah. one Sorry. was season two, episode seven, when you jumped in the jacuzzi. I'm like, bro,
3: that's why. So you it was know fun. that wasn't fun. even planned. None of that was planned. Like, that was in October. My cousin had a birthday, and we went to the Poconos. So I was like, you know, let me just bring my belt just in case, whatever. And her friend invited her cousin over for the birthday dinner. And he's the guy who, you know, brought me the tea. So I was like, wait, he would be perfect for tea time. So I gathered everyone. I was like, yo, listen, we're going to do a tea time by the jacuzzi. And that's how it happened.
0: Well, I guess is, um I guess we could overlook my next question. Milk or lemon? Um Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> but if clean. I go back
3: to the UK anytime soon, I will unfortunately have to use milk. Because they'll look at me and they'll say I've been in America for too long. <laughs> I'm
0: about to say Earl Grey or Chamomile.
3: <laughs> Ooh, Earl Grey.
0: Thank Stronger God. The longer
3: the better.
1: I'm sure you have a follow-up question, Scooter.
0: <laughs> now, I noticed that one time your finisher is called Poison Ivory and we sport a shirt that says Do You Know Who I Am? which is the motto of a another comic book character Huntress. Is there a secret underlying DC Comics appreciation there anywhere?
3: Honestly, no. Um, I had ah. no idea um, of that comparison as you just told me. Um... It comes from pulling so Ray, right? No, um, so so w- remember earlier in the interview, I said I'm really big on homages. Yeah. So, um, so the Poison Ivory is like uh is a kneeling facebuster. Literally, it's the same one that Ivory did. So I'm like, that's my tribute to my auntie.
1: Okay. Huh.
3: I have another finisher. It's called Poison Ivory Reloaded. So, do you guys remember, like, the spin kick that Layla used to do where she, spin, she kicks once, they duck, and then she hits them with a back kick? Yes.
0: Like, a, yeah. like a, mule, a mule kick almost. Yeah.
3: So, that's the first part. And then the move ends when I do, like, another – it's like a headlock driver. Um, Melina used that finisher when she beat Alicia Fox at SummerSlam. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. So I combined the two and that's poison ivy reloaded.
1: Interesting. Alright. All right. I was actually not expecting that uh, that answer. Um
2: I mean that's the match that uh Ariani Celeste used and tough enough. What's the best match you have ever seen? Melina versus Alicia Fox. What? What? <laughs>
1: what? And um <laughs> you know, one thing I've noticed while you in your matches is that you you do talk a lot in your matches, uh, and I haven't like seen somebody like have like a complete conversation in a match <laughs> since Kevin Steen when I was first introduced to him. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think that's something that they teach you in wrestling school. So, could you maybe no. tell us how that kind of came about? Uh,
3: it came about um on Dojo Wars. Um, I had been doing ring announcing and commentary for about three months. And then they said, you know, it, while I was doing that, I was also still going to training three times a week. So, they're like, all right, Theo, you know, you're ready to get in the ring. We're going to start putting you in matches. Um. And because at the time, you know, I was still very green, still learning, the talking kind of covered a lot of my inexperience. Okay. So, and it also was used to get me heat, Um, but I was told, you know, as time went on and as I improved that I needed to scale back on the talking just so it's not overdone. Interesting. You don't want people to be like, shut up and wrestle already. <laughs> not in like a not in like a heel way, but dude, like seriously. Like wrestle, come on. So I've balanced it a lot more now. Um but I again I I, I don't strive to be the best match on the card. I strive to be the most entertaining match on the card. Because people don't remember moves. Like, if you do 130 moves in your eight-minute match, people are probably going to remember, like, two moves. But they're going to remember the guy who was talking shit the whole match and got kicked in the face and lost. Everyone's going to remember that.
1: And, I, you know, I said that as, you know, a compliment. Because, like, the first time I saw Kevin Stee esteem was actually in person alive and like he had like a whole conversation with the crowd while he was wrestling Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and I was like dude what, what is this guy and why, why is he so awful he's so
3: good like he's so good at it and as big as I am on homages literally I didn't think about anybody when I did that it's just I know that talking is one of my strong suits so my, I know if I'm not the best wrestler at this point, let me inject something into the match that I am really good at.
1: And that is a great way to look at it. And, um, you know, going back to tea time, that's kind of your your was pit, so to speak. Yes. How you know, how did that come to be? Like, are you just, is that something that CCW brings to you? Is that something they bring, uh, you bring to them? Is it just something mutual? Because, again, oh, they are question. super entertaining. Thank you,
3: thank you. Um, that's a really great question. It was entirely my idea. Um, I went to DJ Hyde, and I said, hey, DJ, can I have A backstage segment i'm thinking of calling it tea time with theo um he approved the idea on the spot but he said hold off on it uh i think it was like a timing thing like he just wanted to make sure like the timing was right for the rollout because there were like a lot of other things going on um so it was i didn't have to wait very long i had to wait like maybe a few weeks or so and i got the green light like all right go ahead theo you can do it um And literally, that's how it began. Um, I was just always thinking, I'm always thinking of ways to separate myself from the pack. Everyone on the indies is a wrestler. But how many people on the indies have their own web show that coincides with their character? Not too many.
1: And follow-up question who is somebody that you want as a guest that you haven't had on yet?
3: Ooh, that is a great question. Um, if I can have this person as a guest and not have a complete meltdown, crying snot nose, um, it would have to be Lita. Like, oh God, that would be like a dream come true. I probably cry the whole time
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and blame it on her perfume so i stay in character or something i don't know.
1: <laughs> you you already got it you only got it figured out scooter you have oh. a question
0: i'll just say maybe i can put in uh put in a call to amy maybe she'll do it <laughs>
3: Oh, God. I will probably send you, like, the best Christmas gift ever.
0: Oh, that would absolutely not be necessary. He's
1: Jewish. You would have (laughs) to
0: Yeah, I'm Jewish. I would need eight. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Where where did my questions go? (laughs) Now, you've also wrestled women as well as men. Yes. Now, do you believe that gender really shouldn't matter as long as there's talent in the ring?
3: Absolutely. And um, I did a show last week, and I'll give you the same answer that I gave them. For anyone that believes that intergender wrestling is not believable, clearly you've never been to the hood. (laughs) <laughs> I grew up with sisters I have a lot of female cousins and excuse my language but them bitches can fight okay <laughs> they can fight like they fight men and like there's a lot of women in my family and I'm a trained grappler and I would not want to fight them
0: <laughs> uh, I love it I
3: love it so it's a different competitor and we have to acknowledge that um, wrestling a woman is different, but just because it's different, doesn't make it any less credible.
0: Perfect.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is the perfect answer.
1: Kalika, you have a question?
2: The so one thing I noticed is that he will choke men and bitches out with the fur on. So I, all shall I...
3: will. I, I have no problem choking a bitch out with my fur on, and my diamond from the queen in my ear. No
1: problem. So is
2: is, is the fur the, is the fur chinchilla? Is that directly from the queen? Or tell me where the fur coming from?
1: <laughs>
0: is it real panda?
3: Um. <laughs> okay. I hope she doesn't hate me for this, but um mother endless gave it to me oh my god um yeah um we were we were doing a dojo war show and i was trying to find like a jacket for my entrance and she was like hey theo i have like a kind of like faux fur thing in my car i think would really look good and um she had a white one but she's like wait no i have a red one i think would look better And she gave it to me, and I was like, oh, my God. I said, I'll give it to you right back after the show. She said, no, keep it. I was like, oh. She's one of my really good friends outside of wrestling. Like, she is a sweetheart. A sweetheart. Um, And, honey, those earrings are $5 from the beauty supply store.
2: See, nothing more
3: disrespectful
2: than getting choked out with a chinchilla on, with with the fur on
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? Well, so it was a
3: it's a faux fur that was given to me, and that my earrings that I say are from the Queen are from Susie's Beauty Salon <laughs> in Philadelphia that were <laughs> four ninety nine.
0: you never said which queen. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, you didn't specify.
1: I mean, so. I mean,
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: That is. awesome. I, I was not expecting that. Um. You know, the, one of the first matches I saw you have was with, uh, uh, Brent Cummings. And you had, <laughs> you had, uh, an incredibly sick, like, neck, front face neck breaker that made me cringe. And I kind of wanted to see more of that. That, like, like as a finisher, but we've spoke about it a little bit, uh, before you have the Poison Ivy. Uh um, I, I've done that move.
3: Um, there's another. I have a match with Juan Santiago. Um, I'm not sure if that's on YouTube. I think it's on my channel. Um, I did that move in that match, and there's also a match. It was the it was Blast versus, um, Dabria X, Nevaeh, Chantel, and Karen Bam Bam, and I did that move in that match as well. I mean hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> there you go. There
1: you go. You gotta gotta blame it on Jesus. Well I guess let's say, you know, as a finisher, that looked pretty devastating. How how did you come up with that one as a finisher?
3: Um so first I have to give a lot of props and respect to Brett uh Brent, excuse me, because In order for any move to look good, the person has to be in position. They have to sell it like a champ. And Oh, he sold it.
1: Brent (laughs) he sold
3: uh, it. Yes. She did. Brent sold that move like a million bucks. Everybody in the audience cringed. Um I I never intended on it being a finisher. Um, because I had so he was actually the last person. No. I actually beat Juan with it in another match um, recently as well. But it, it was never intended to be a finisher. But when I did it to Juan in our first match over the summer, it got a huge pop from the crowd. And credit to Juan for the way that he sold it as well. But it got probably the loudest pop of the whole show that move everyone was like yo that was sick so I was like okay I'm gonna keep that move
0: I believe the the technical term for the move is a swinging f- uh, fireman's slam almost like what Ronda Rousey used to do in her finisher before she applied the uh, cross arm bar But from a standing suplex position, which is beyond impressive, to go so seamlessly from that position into one other completely different position that requires the body to be literally in an almost opposite angle. That, that, you know, it is, again, it... It's innovative. I don't know if there's a better word
3: to describe it. So, to be fair, I am not uh, the only person who's done that move. Um, Eve Torres did it. She called it the heartbreaker. Uh, John Morrison does his own version of it. I forgot what he called it. It's not Starship Pain. He called it something else.
0: Moonlight Drive?
3: Moonlight Drive, that's what it is. So John Morrison has his own version of it, but he does it from, like, his neck, his arm is, like, underneath the neck versus Mm -hmm. on top of the neck.
0: Right. The the thing with Morrison, though, is that those are really more corkscrew neck
3: breakers. That's what it is. That's the name of it. It's a spinning corkscrew neck breaker. Bam.
0: (laughs) See... Yours you
3: how we I, talk that out?
0: Yeah, I <laughs> yours I I would go beyond that. I, I, I would call that a step a step beyond a neck breaker because it's, if you really look at it, the entire body is coming down in the moon. It's kind of
1: and, like how uh, Randy Orton leaps doing the RKO where Diamond Dallas Page just drops up. It. Honestly, yeah.
3: I I think what like with Orton, um, I think what makes any move more impactful is when you add theatrics to it. Yes. So like Orton does, like you know, he leaps into the RKO, and I always do like a little yell before it. So again, like the little theatrics just makes it seem bigger than it actually is.
1: If you ever
0: name it. Him- you got to call it the Morgendorfer, and then end it as you come up and be like, you you just got Morgendorfed. No, that's terrible. That's absolutely no,
3: terrible. No, I like that name, <laughs> but I think I think someone on Twitter already gave it a name. I think it's called The Spot of Tea. I think that's what it's called. I have, I
1: don't even know what my own movie is called. It's <laughs> so bad. Well, I was going to call it The Tea Breaker. I like that too. You see the, you
3: see what happens? Like so many been, yeah. people have so many great ideas. I'm like, you know what? You guys just call it whatever you want to call it. Okay.
1: Maybe have a Twitter happens. poll?
0: The the teapot dome scandal?
3: No, that wouldn't no. work. <laughs>
0: T-shot. Yeah. The, the, the ke- Ooh,
3: the, I like the t shot. The kettle caller? I like that too. <laughs> you see, like, this
1: herein lies
3: the struggle. we, were, we were You just have
1: to stuff. have more. You just have to run new moves and name them all these names.
3: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, all right, so we got a name. All right, let's put that name with that move. We're gonna put that on there.
0: I know, like a crumpet cracker. Yeah, I was see? thinking something oh like related, like, like the crumpet clutch.
3: Well, I can't say Crumpet Cracker because I don't want people thinking I'm being
1: racist. I mean, it's a move. I mean, and it's British.
3: But I do need a move with the name Crumpet in it. I I really do.
1: Crumpet Crusher.
3: I was just about to say that. Or like the Crumpet Crush. Yeah, the Crumpet Clutch.
1: Oh, th- there you go, crumpet clutch.
3: Ooh, okay. I think I'm gonna name my figure for necklock that move the crumpet clutch. See, this is. I'll be sure to send your residual check in the mail for that.
1: <laughs> this turned into more, <laughs> more of a workshop than an interview. <laughs> I I do me. you see what happened with well, this?
2: Oh, like happens. Drink, you get minds on, on
1: the phone.
2: It it, it only works if. If he's buying it, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh,
1: on your Twitter profile, it says that you're you are also an actor. How? What have you written?
3: Um, <clears throat> I was actually in a Steven Spielberg film. Oh,
1: okay. I was not oh, expecting that. Just... Now yeah, we got
2: to is... hear this story.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is so bittersweet, but I'll give you guys the exclusive. No one else has ever heard this story. So you guys are the first. Um, so I was at Virginia State University. I was in my junior year, and um, he was doing a casting call for the movie he was doing on Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> <Day-Lewis>. <laughs> yep Daniel Day-Lewis oh my god I saw him like on set it was scary how much he looked like him
0: I drink your
3: milkshake like it was so scary oh, I'm sorry I'm getting off track <laughs> um, so at the time I had braids and um, I think I was like on my way to get my hair braided so I had my hair in a ponytail went to the casting call uh, answer some questions. Uh, did like a little test screen. They were like, "Okay, you're you're perfect." Um, I said, "But what about my hair?" They said, "Oh no, that's fine. Um, you'll just we'll just put a hat. on. You're gonna be wearing a hat. You're gonna be a soldier." So I was like, okay, "Okay, no problem." Fast forward a few weeks. Uh, I have to go to hair and makeup, um, hair makeup and wardrobe to get fitted for um, what I was gonna be wearing for the film. And that day fell on my twenty first birthday, so I go to I I go to wardrobe. I get fitted for everything. I, I've got my wardrobe, and then they say, "Okay, we need you to go to hair and makeup." So I go to hair and makeup, <clears throat> and don't take this one kind of way. But I had these two sweet little white ladies, um, you know, in my hair, and one of them was like, "Oh no, honey, we're gonna have to cut this off," oh. and I said, wow. "Oh hell no." <laughs> I said, like, my hair was past my shoulder blades. I said, what? She said, I mean, well, well, honey, if you don't want to cut it off, you know, you don't have to, but, I mean, that's your choice. And to me, that made it seem like my role was going to be in jeopardy. Like, well, you know, it's either the hair or the role. So I was like, okay. These whores cut my hair with some scissors
1: oh Oh, no
3: oh no first of all i was it all happened so fast and mind you it's my birthday just turned 21 it's my 21st birthday i'm literally watching them chop off four years of hair oh and i'm like crying on the inside and I, i was like I asked, him, like, y'all don't have no clippers, and she said, "Well, no, honey. You know, at that time they didn't have clippers. All they had was shears."
2: I know. Th- th- rule number one: never cut black people's
3: hair with scissors. Right? <laughs> yeah, There's I'm two t- Homeless.
0: They, they didn't have, uh, you know, r- real underwear either, but you know they. Uh, we you, were still allowed to wear boxers on set. I feel for you, man, because I have not had my hair cut in over four years either. See, I, yeah,
3: I know how I heartbroken. <laughs> um, so I looked homeless, and um, they were like, don't cut your hair because it needs to look authentic for the time period. And I'm like, okay. So I was one of the soldiers. We did like five days of filming, and then we rapped. And then they called us back because they needed some extra, they needed to film another scene. And they hired some more extras. And I wanted to fight everybody on the set because the guy next to me had braids and he had on a hat. I was like, he
1: got to keep his hair. <laughs> oh.
3: I was livid. But... See, there's some
0: <laughs> many levels
3: to that. Ugh. And
0: uh, you know what, I can explain I can explain the reasoning for that union.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was livid, but what made it all better is on the, on our last day of filming, we have filmed the battle scene and like muddy water and they had like the little rain machine, which was so cool, but it was awful because the shoes didn't have like any insoles or anything. So my feet were freezing. Oh God. But when we were done, all of us soldiers, you know, we were exiting and going back to the trailer. And Stephen actually shook each and every one of our hands and said, Thank you so much. And we were covered in mud. And this is like a billionaire who didn't care that we were filthy and muddy. He shook each and every one of our hands and said, Thank you so much. Wow.
2: That's
0: awesome.
3: Yeah. That no, no, awesome. You've
0: been lucky lucky. Like you know, in fact I that that might uh fulfill the qualifications for uh the segue into our next
1: segment.
3: Yeah, I was like you lucky you made the color purple, Steven. Cause... <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he better be lucky, yeah. He lucky, he got Oprah cred. that's what it was. See yeah, we learned he, some lessons. There's two yeah, Americans He's an awesome
3: guy though. He's awesome, so humble, uh awesome guy to work with. No complaints at all. Now, and they fed us well. And two Americas with the haircuts,
2: man. Two Americas with the with the haircuts. There's two separate sections.
1: Ooh. Now, you are <laughs> the king of uh, tea time. So how do you take your tea?
3: I take my tea black with lemon and honey. Ooh,
1: that's actually pretty good.
3: I don't do sugar. Um, I try to stay away from sugar as much as I can. Um, so like with my coffee and my tea, um, I don't put sugar in it. I just use like a flavored creamer, which has sugar in it, but you know, it's not as much.
0: You, You drink bubble tea or boba, anything like that?
3: I have, um, it was interesting, um. I'm a very picky eater and drinker, so if something is just a little eh to me, I'm like, eh, hard pass. I'm gonna keep my coins.
1: You know, I'm a pick I'm a big tea drinker and I prefer my tea to have uh uh orange and strawberry in it. That is Ooh. just
0: delicious. Yeah. Yeah, black tea with the uh, strawberry flavoring is actually pretty good.
1: Oh no, not That's flavoring! kind of exotic. Not flavoring, actual strawberries in the tea.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, there there's a place by me that made a, a black tea that was, was actually you didn't need anything to put anything in it because it was so naturally sweet tasting on its own. It was ah. Mm.
1: That does sound pretty good. What about am no, it's not, See, really
2: I'm so. not not Just, a tea guy. I'm more the music with the tea, though. <laughs> what do you listen to? What do you listen to with the tea? Because there's a big difference between listening to you know classical music and Nicki Minaj
0: with tea. Do you spill the tea while while drinking the tea, so to speak?
2: <laughs> I feel like he's okay. a city's girl. Type of person,
3: act up, you're gonna get slapped up. It was so funny because I'm from Miami, but we're gonna keep that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a very eclectic taste in music. Um, like today, I was like listening to Tony Braxton, yesterday, I was listening to Tori Amos. Um, I, I listened to like all kinds of music. I was also listening to Vanessa Carlton today probably one of my all time favorite artists like ever
1: sweet
3: but uh, I will say this just to set the record straight I do not engage in the spilling of any tea that's not my thing
1: it's blasphemy for a British person right
3: <clears throat> Actually, well no because the British media is horrific like horrific probably worse than the American media Um, but when I first started my show, um, there was a few suggestions like, oh, you should do like, you know, like spilling the tea, spilling the tea. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to sit up and talk about people. That's not my thing. I'm like, if that's your judge, you know, I'm gonna pray for you, but y'all do that over there. Cause I don't want anybody talking about me in a negative light. So, I'm not going to do that to other people.
1: Now, a follow-up to the tea question. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stance?
3: Oh, no. God.
1: Not even?
3: No. Only thing that goes on pizza is ranch. Ah. (laughs) Ha!
0: That's exactly... uh, That's a combination my wife loves. Pizza and ranch. See, your wife, smart lady. Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's a great combination. It's a, t- it's a tasty freaking combination. I don't think I've like, had ranch
1: like, on pizza before. It's, it's so I mean,
3: good. You know, I, it,
0: see, my wife doesn't put it on. She dips it in. Oh.
1: And I,
3: think, I do both. I, yeah, I, I think
0: there's, a, there's there. a, a certain a distinction.
3: But you know what I will do? I will try pineapple on pizza and I'll probably post like a little video of me trying it out for the first time. It looks disgusting and if I don't like the way something looks, I will absolutely not eat it or touch it.
2: No, you don't have to degrade yourself that low. (laughs) You you do not have to stoop to their level, sir.
0: Okay. what, What is what what is one thing you eat that most people would not expect, that you think most, most people hate?
3: Um, I because... wouldn't say most people hate because I don't eat anything really like out of the ordinary. But the one thing I eat that people wouldn't expect is I buy myself carvel ice cream cakes um not saying that very loud because sometimes I'm a little ashamed cookie I, <laughs> I literally like will eat an entire carvel ice cream cake by myself okay if you put up a video of
0: uh, eating uh, pineapple on pizza I will post a uh, a complimentary video of me eating a, a entire Carville ice cream cake.
3: No, no, I don't do it in one sitting. I don't <laughs> do it in one sitting. I do. <laughs> Maybe like over the course of two days, I would say. Oh, believe and me, and it's not the big one, not the big oh, sheet cake,
0: it's uh, like the the little oh. circle one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but believe me, my my. My stomach is a never ending pit. So
3: <laughs> I feel very sorry for your toilet afterwards.
1: <laughs>
3: that thing will tear you up.
2: Explosives. Explosive.
1: <laughs> and it is once a time once again time for that segment we all love. Dio Ivory's Bizarre Adventure. You are a professional wrestler that goes up and down the roads and Bizarre and weird things are gonna Could you maybe tell us a weird of the uh, road story?
3: <clears throat> Ooh, a weird road story. Yes. Um weird road story.
1: Weird, bizarre, funny out of the ordinary. Um
3: I have a memorable one. Can I share that? Oh, absolutely. Cause I don't have any thank God, I don't have any bad road stories. Um so the road trip that I did, um, well, wow, uh, right now it's a year ago, uh, end of last January, <clears throat> um, I drove to Georgia and Alabama with uh, Jimmy Rave and uh, Gabby Gilbert. This was directly after a Dojo war show. So mind you, I worked that day a full nine hours, had to drive to Jersey, do Dojo Wars, and then we got in the car. And um, Joe from New Jersey all the way to Georgia. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to sleep the whole ride. me and Gabby were listening to true, true, uh, True Crime podcasts the whole time. And I'm like, Gabby, what happened? What happened? And she's like, we don't know. And it was just so cool because I, like, wasn't. She said, like, hey, Theo, do you want to listen to these podcasts? Like, I always listen to it on the road. And I was like, uh, I'm not really sure. But I was so engrossed in it. Like, they were so good. And they're all unresolved. So it's like, you know, you're, you're, you get so yeah. into it. Like, you keep waiting for it. Like, you know, ooh, keep going. This is so good. It's so good. Yeah. And then it's the end of the episode. And you're like, well, bitch, did they catch the killer? <laughs> and she's like, no! Go
0: down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. You know. That same trip, um, I want to say the day before uh, we we finished everything, um, so many of us had gotten sick. I think this is like right, remember how they said like a lot of people had COVID and probably didn't even know it?
0: Yeah, yeah. My my son had it at the end of 2019 and uh, uh, beat it before uh, it became a pandemic. So yeah. So
3: I think we all had COVID because when I found out like what the treatment plan is, it's like amoxicillin and like uh, two other things. I'm like, when I went to the ER when I got back from that trip, that's what they gave me. I'm like, did I have COVID? But we had. All like all of us had gotten like really sick, but um like the night before like we had all fallen ill, um you guys know Casey Catal, I'm sure yeah, mm, yes, uh <clears throat> Casey and i we, you know we were like outside. Um, I had bought two bottles of wine <laughs> from the gas station and Casey and I sat outside till like four o'clock in the morning on a hotel bench just drinking two bottles of wine and just shooting the shit and it's one of my most I guess you're gonna say heartwarming um, wrestling memories because you know everyone says the friendships that you form in wrestling are like unlike any other and like that was the day that like really forged our friendship. And I, I'm just like really grateful for that entire road experience because, you know, you you're used to so many people coming to our shows up north, but now we're in their territory, you know, where we're the outsiders and you know, just everyone makes you feel welcome. And that was the first time I had ever been to Alabama. And I'm like,
0: roll time boiled
3: that's I'm where like, my wife from. I'm like boiled peanuts are a thing,
0: yep,
2: oh yeah,
3: and they would it, put it in
2: Coke like they would put yeah. peanuts in coke too uh, yeah it it was
3: it's... so weird and I had to do commentary that night and I was so sick, but it was it was a great experience it, it was everything about it was just so weird because I'm like, is a deer gonna jump out like so many places we were driving through, we didn't get service. And mind you, we're listening to, like, all this true crime stuff. So I'm like, what if there's, like, a killer in the woods, and we don't have any (laughs) damn service? (laughs) Now, I'm more, a little bit more
0: interested in what was going on with Jimmy Rabe in all this, because not a lot of people know this, but uh, Jimmy has reached. He reached out to a lot of people, actually. Uh, me personally, uh, to help with his uh, his recent uh, medical issues. Um, this wasn't have any, any wasn't having any like effect on him because when he reached out for for help, this was March of uh, twenty twenty, so. I'm, I'm curious, uh, what, when exactly was uh, this road trip?
3: Uh, this road trip was January 31st, no, um, we left January 30th, the first show was January 1st I'm sorry, the first show was January 31st, that was a Friday, the second show was February 1st, which was a Saturday, and we left on February 2nd, which was the Sunday.
0: Okay, so this would be br- almost right before Jimmy started to have uh, this unfortunate. Uh... Okay, all right.
1: And uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Whoo, um,
3: you know when people always ask me that question, I always say. I never have an answer because I I feel like if you say, like, oh, in five years, I'm going to be signed, I'm going to have a contract, and, you know, I'm going to be making all this money, and then five years comes and goes and that doesn't happen, you feel like a failure. You know, you feel slighted. You're upset. You're angry. Um, So I never give like tangible things. I always just say in five years, I see myself happy, healthy, and financially secure. So whatever is the cause of, you know, my happiness, my financial security, I'll let those blanks be filled in along the way because you never know what opportunities may come that you never expected.
1: That's how a great do answer.
0: Most people just say, well, where do we see ourselves in five years? Celebrating the five-year anniversary of you asking us that question. (laughs) That's a good answer, too.
3: So now we have to do an interview five years from now about where Theo is and where you guys are. You
1: guys may be on a goddamn radio (laughs)
3: station, nationally syndicated.
1: Well, I think we would like to talk to you. Maybe a couple of more times before that five years comes around.
3: <laughs> of course, I would love to. You guys are like oh. really awesome. Like, I, I feel like I was just talking to friends this whole time.
0: Thank you. There that, that, that is no greater comfort. Thank you. And, and Guess what? We're not even a quarter of the way done. I'm kidding. Oh,
2: yeah, we're going to go deep, deep.
1: <laughs> I have two more questions, but Kaliko, do you have one more?
2: I, this is an mm-hmm. off one. Uh, top five hip hop acts that you listen to.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, top five hip hop acts that I listen to.
2: Um, Right now, right now. This is know, a don't even... Throwback. No but order.
3: But I love Freeway. Ooh, Freeway. I love Freeway. <laughs>
2: well, he's Philly. Of course you love <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, I, I I've only lived in Philly the last four years. Ah, So you know, I'm like um, Patrignos. Uh so Freeway uh, Styles P. Styles P.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Lil Kim. Oh, okay. Before mm-hmm. or after? Yeah,
0: that's what I was about to ask.
2: Uh, hardcore, because hardcore is like the baseline.
3: So we're gonna say the naked truth and before. Anything after The Naked Truth, I don't know her. Got it. (laughs) I I don't know who that is, honey. (laughs) We're gonna pray for her. Oh, Um, yeah. I love Remy Ma. Love Remy Ma. I loved her since she first came out when I lived in the Bronx. Yeah! Um, (laughs) I love Remy Ma. Um, Mm -hmm. One more. Ooh, I would probably have to say J. Cole.
2: No, oh, see some, some some new and old. That's a solid list, I must say. Ribby Maya is underrated, though. I give you that. Very, she's very, uh, very underrated.
3: Because she, she had a song with, with Neo. Oh. She don't talk about Hakushi. That's why she's not as big as she, you know. Every every other female rapper.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's why she came out of the, uh, the, the the better side of that feud with uh... Nicki Minaj. Oh, right. yeah. The
3: Ether. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Ooh. what is a match people should go out of their way to see that best shows off what Dio Ivory is all about?
3: <sighs> um. From a wrestling standpoint, I would say <clears throat> my first match with uh, Juan Santiago with We Want Wrestling. Um, but overall, Theo Ivory, I would have to say the match with Brent Cummings.
1: That was a good one.
3: Because <laughs> I did a. Uh, Oh, also that match. I don't know if you guys, you know, saw the promo I did before the match. That was an homage to the ma- the braun panties match that Trish Stratus and Ivory had. And China came out and ripped Ivory's like ripped all her clothes off.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. All and right, Brent wanted right. to
3: do like a divas match, and I'm like, well, I don't do divas matches. I was like, but I would love to have Fun for a change. So, like, I have an idea. Let me know if you like it. And he was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. So, like, bitch, let's do it. And we went out there and he played the free, sexy character. And I went out and, you know, played Prudish Prick. And we gelled so well.
0: So, like Rick Cataldo, but only better.
1: Oh,
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yes, I threw shade. I threw
0: shade there.
1: And we are nearing the conclusion of this interview. Aww. So we are wrestling with
3: the eight bum, questions bum, of bum, doom.
1: Bum, 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 bum. This is a okay, rapid This is a rapid fire scenario. I'm going to List off the questions, and you answer them however you see fit. Are you ready, Dio?
3: I am ready.
1: Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time.
3: Oh, uh, Kurt Angle.
1: Worst wrestler of all time. Nice. Worst? Oh, God. Oh. Oh.
3: Oh, I can't answer
0: once, that. Once again, we've hit that roadblock. Nobody wants to admit anybody is bad.
3: Come on. Can I got... give a little can I can I give it a, like a, a, a little something to that? Sure. Sure. Because especially like on TV, everyone plays a role. So people may think that you suck, but you're doing what the agents ask you to do. So if they tell you like, hey, we need you to just not do much and make this guy look like a star and you're like yo i could wrestle rings around this guy but you want me to look like a chump okay so there's a lot of people where no one really knows their true ability because the agents and the people backstage are booking them in certain scenarios where they're not allowed to show their true potential
0: that's a very eloquent answer. <laughs> yeah. We I we also do have a default answer of Steve McMichael.
3: <laughs> What's the default S- answer? S-
0: Steve McMichael. Oh. Mongo McMichael.
3: Oh gosh. I I'm not touching that one.
1: <laughs> your main event in WrestleMania for the world championship. Who is your opponent?
3: What? <laughs> who? I, Natalia. Did you saying Natalia? That's yeah. a good
0: one.
2: sung.
3: My dream WrestleMania match.
0: is unsung. Now th- this is a first for Wrestling with Entertainment because th- you were the first person to list a dream opponent of uh, of the opposite gender.
3: Why not? You know, China was supposed to be China was the number one contender for the WWF title. Why couldn't Natalia do it?
0: Exactly.
3: True.
2: Okay? I feel like she was so, so so unsung. She was like the right wrestler at the wrong time.
1: Yeah, that's yep. a good way to. No,
3: no, no. She was the right wrestler at the perfect time because there were no other women doing that.
2: Yep. No, when when I say when I say wrong time, I, I say it in the sense of. She was the wrestler in the Divas era, and then when the wrestlers finally came, it felt like they pushed her to the side a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. You're
3: talking about Natty. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about China. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about Natty. Yeah, Natty. Absolutely.
1: If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lita.
1: That is a good one. Finish the sentence. K Fabe is... Dead. I mean, yeah. I We kind of thought you, you, we were getting a British guy <laughs> on this interview.
0: James did. Coleco and I didn't. <laughs> like,
1: once
3: Undertaker shows everyone that he's Mark, it's like, okay... Everybody else, knock it off. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. like, the dead man is at home cooking dinner. Stop it.
2: Yeah, once he sounded like, especially when his voice came out and he sounded like Patrick Mahomes, I'm like, yo, did I see that shit coming?
1: <laughs> Squash, fruit or vegetable? Vegetable. Yes, yes. I told you. I told y'all, man. It I is indeed you. a fruit.
0: Oh, yeah, it's got seeds.
1: But uh, a lot of people have uh, came to that same conclusion. So you are in good company and you're in good graces with Calico Yachts.
2: That's right, because no one goes around drinking squash juice.
3: (laughs) That's so confusing. (laughs) But I don't eat squash, so I'm okay with that.
0: They go drinking around broccoli smoothies, so
3: ugh.
1: <laughs> New Japan wrestler Taichi, his ring gear gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring gear? Ooh.
3: Uh... I always say you want to show a little cheek, like you, a, a, like <clears throat> like some people. Well, you can't really do it if you don't have no ass. But some people. Oh, oh! I have a perfect example. Tony Neese. Perfect. I, perfect I, example. Yeah, there,
0: there you go. He
3: gave I, us a wrestler.
0: I, I came. I came up with Tony Neese in the business.
3: He, I've heard he's a really great guy. A lot of people from CCW like came up with him as well. Yeah, John I, I uh, John
0: Silver. It. I I I came up with John Silver and Alex Reynolds.
3: Oh, I love John. He's so sweet.
0: Yeah, uh, there's there's a road trip story of me, Alex Reynolds, and uh and Ryan Gallione. Uh, that that's probably best left for another day. Uh, <laughs> but they, they they all say. Uh, uh, Tony is my, uh, my more in-shape clone.
3: Interesting. And I heard he eats a pint of ice cream before every match. Oh. I'm like, that couldn't be Really? With that
1: physique?
3: No. I <laughs> would be farting all over that ring, so it could not be me.
1: And the last question, the main event, the question everybody wants to know. Have you ever had a conversation with a complete stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen? No. And that is the correct answer.
0: <laughs> you cheeky bugger.
1: And that uh, will conclude this interview. Uh, thank you so much, Dio, for coming on. And where can we find you on social media once again?
3: Thank you. You guys are so awesome. I, I really enjoyed this whole experience. Like, You guys are a great team. Let me say that. And
0: thank you. The pleasure is all ours. An honor. Absolutely. It
1: was a pleasure speaking ours. to you. <laughs>
3: thank you. Yeah, very uh, fun, really. Thank you, uh, and I felt like crap today, and you guys lifted my spirit So thank you.
1: Oh wow, that's great to hear. Ooh, yeah, that's that's the best compliment. Yes, absolutely.
3: Uh, for uh, social media, it's uh, Twitter and Instagram. The underscore Theo Ivory. Uh, the is once again T H E E underscore Theo Ivory. And on each of my profiles on Twitter and Instagram, um, I have a link. If you click on it, it's called All Links. So that gives you the link to my um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel, Snapchat, and my merch store.
1: Sweet. And that will, all of that information will be in uh, the description of the video below on both YouTube and CastBox. Um we will also be uh, promoting your pro wrestling T store as well. You got some shorts.
3: Yeah, pro wrestling tees, and uh, I have three shirts on pro wrestling tees. Um, no, I have two shirts on pro wrestling tees, and I have five on What a Maneuver.
1: And we'll and we'll put a description of uh, in the uh, a, dis- um, a link. To All the- this information
0: will be in the description. In the video below on YouTube and CastBox.
1: Thank you. And also for uh, Tea Time, I want to put that in the description as well. Thank you. I love that. That's my baby. Go out of your way to click that link and see what Dio is all about.
3: And Uh, also tell me who you guys would like to see on the show.
1: Oh, Absolutely.
0: And, oh, I I I may have to come down to uh, Philly to make a personal <laughs> event.
3: Yeah, let's, hey, let's do it. I've got my teapot. I've got my set. I've got everything. Let's do it.
1: And on our side of things, you can join me, Scooter, and Coleco on our Saturday show where we'll be previewing and reviewing whatever's happening in pro wrestling this week. and. Until then, you could like, uh, like subscribe, and comment on YouTube and CastBox. And you could always follow us on Twitter. I am at JamesJ993, and I tweet out everything wrestling, wrestling with entertainment related. Kaliko, where can they find you?
2: You can find me trying to find any move that goes with crumpets at
0: IamKaliko.
1: <laughs> and where can they find Scooter Dust?
0: As always, you can find me on Twitter at ScooterDust and holding it down for the UNB Network at UNBS Wrestling. And mm. that's
3: good tea. Oh, I thought that was a fart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good night, everybody. And
2: that's it.
1: For our very special guest Dio Ivory, Calico Yachts, Mitch Mayhem, Scooter Dust, I am James J and this has been Wrestling With Entertainment. Hey, this is the Girl on Fire, Jessie Nolan, and you're listening to Wrestling with Entertainment.